Hey guys, welcome to a very special Talking Strongman. I'm joined by the one and only Brian Shaw, four times World's Strongest Man winner, three times Arnold winner. And for most of my fans, they think I have a big picture of you up on the wall here, Brian. So I don't know if you can see that. That's <laughs> my. Um... I mean, if, if you, <laughs> if you move it down just a touch, it kind of, I mean, you know, I feel like that's fair. Yeah. It looks more like me than you, kind of. It does these days. That was when I had the, the, the smaller beard. And, um, yeah. Yeah, winning Europe's, but yeah, obviously big fan. I've got Brian in the on, on the wall behind me. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to get that done, Lawrence. You know, it's it's nice, know. but you know, some hey. people might think I'm doing it especially for this this video, but it, it's up there every week. So <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, buddy. How you so doing, man? I'm I'm good. We're we're in a lockdown at the moment, but personally doing pretty well. Just keeping busy, getting back into training myself now. Um, and just, yeah, just you're, to... you're making uh did i see that you're making some kind of a comeback uh i was something like that i was hoping to do a competition and it's already been postponed and pushed back so oh, i've sort yeah. of backed off. I'm, I'm trying to just get a bit fitter at the moment lose a bit of weight um it's still training but no yeah. with, with no sort of you know i've i've not got any strongman kit to train on so just training in the gym getting fitter strength is just slowly coming back up and, and once things are better and I know when competitions will happen, then maybe we'll look at another crack at the whip. I've... Yeah, it makes it makes it better. There's a little bit more clarity. I think I think a lot of people are in that boat. You know, I mean, I I know myself, I was in that boat last year when when all this started and then everything got postponed, got postponed again. And it makes it tough to stick to a goal. You know, it I'm really very, does. I'm you're, a very goal driven person. And so, and, and I think a lot of people that compete or want to compete, it's great to have that goal, great to have that deadline and something that's definite happening. And when, when the, the goal line, so to speak, keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed, it makes it very difficult to stay positive, to stay you know, motivated, to stay hungry, that type of thing. It really does. I've seen that with so many people recently, and I'm exactly like you. I need that target, whatever it be, whether it's business related or training related, I need that Absolutely. target. And like you know for, for us it's always been about the next competition and when when you don't know yeah. when that is it's hard to get yourself in the gym and, and push your ass like you like you should be 100 100 anyway i want to take you back to to the very beginning i want to talk about what got you involved in the sport because you were you were a good athlete in in other things before you got into strongman weren't you yeah i um i grew up mainly i mean i played a lot of sports growing up i uh i really loved um just competing to be fair like as a kid I you know entered basically almost any contest or sport that I could and um, you know as I got a little bit older I started to specialize more in the sport of basketball and so that's kind of where my focus went uh, especially as I got into high school and then uh, through high school I set a goal of uh, earning a scholarship to play in college um, you know and over here basically that means that they take care of your school, they pay for your school, you get paid to play basketball. Um, and so that's what I set my goal uh, on and worked very hard and, and was able to achieve that and um, played all four years uh, in college as well. So that was kind of my, you know, background and, and um, actually how I got into training weightlifting um like in the in the uh, weight room was for the sport of basketball it was kind of one of those things when i set that goal uh to earn that college scholarship i knew that i had to you know be more athletic i had to be able to jump higher i had to be able to run faster and and um, when i started lifting weights 
it immediately clicked for me that if I put in hard work in the weight room, though that would translate to results, um, you know, physically for me, but also on the court. And that, that was it. for me, it was just this, this positive feedback cycle of like, you know, Hey, I'm going to go work harder. I'm going to get more results. I'm going to keep doing that. And um, everything kind of evolved from there for me. I think most of us have come from other sporting backgrounds, but were, were you a fan of Strongman before you were involved with it? Or, or was it just going to the gym that, that got you into it? No, 100%, 100%. I was a fan, um, you know, and I, I remember over here uh, when it was um, shown on ESPN, they, they used to do marathons, right? So it was like they would take a whole afternoon of, of TV and it would just be, they would run through all the heats and then they would run through the finals. And then, you know, they might start another year of it or, or whatever. And so whenever that happened, I, I remember kind of around, I was probably middle school age. So maybe seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. That's kind of when I started really kind of paying attention uh, to it. You know, it was, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, it's hard not to get drawn in, um, you know, especially as you're uh, that age, because, you know, as, as a, um, you know, especially as a younger man, it's, it's, you, you, you look at that strength and you look at that power and, um, you know, with me kind of being so competitive in everything that I was doing when I was younger, it, this was, you know, primal and, and, you know, who's stronger, who can do this and who can't do it. And I love that kind of definitive kind of black and white of who was better. And so I got sucked into that and I would sit there and watch it on TV and, and, um, you know, especially kind of through the mid nineties where, you know, Magnus Fur was, was winning, you know, that, you know, 94, 95, 96, um, when he was winning in there, it was kind of like, it, it was just, it was interesting. And then I, I, you know, kept watching. And I, I remember uh, for me, at least at the beginning, it was not watching it saying, I am going to do that, or I want to do that or whatever. It was more, it just kind of sucked me in. But as I got into lifting then, and then I got into college, you know, what I, what I started doing was comparing, I actually compared my size to the guys. So I remember um, Yanni Vertinen, um, you know, he was like six, five, and obviously he was a lot lighter um, than, than some of the other competitors. I was like, you know, I'm almost the same size as him and I'm a basketball player. And if I can just put on a little bit more weight, I'm, I'm going to be taller than him and heavier than him. Sure. And it, it just started to click. Like you, I started to do more of those comparisons of, you know, I have the size, I really love lifting. And, um, you know, that that's, it, it was kind of a little bit of an evolution of, you know, being drawn in as a fan and then getting into lifting, loving lifting, you know, obviously still being a basketball player, but realizing um, that you're strong as well, just, you know, obviously a lot of natural talent as well. I know how hard you've worked, but genetically built for this sport as well. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't really realize at the time, I think when I was playing basketball, I didn't quite realize how strong I actually uh, was uh, playing against other guys. Cause I, I played against some really big guys, especially um, as I kind of went to the next level. I mean, there were guys that were, I think that the tallest guy I ever played against was like seven foot three and big, a big guy too, yeah. not, not small. Now he wasn't super athletic, but he was big. Um, and I could easily move him around um, any, any, other guy I never played against anybody that I couldn't kind of physically manhandle and that that's saying that I even played against guys that at that time outweighed me 
kind of significantly to be fair, but I was just stronger. And, um, you know, I did a, a lot of things playing basketball that were not normal. I was more of a football player, um, American football um, player playing basketball than maybe a basketball player, just because I was so big and strong and the way that I played the game was so physical. Yeah. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of other guys that I played against didn't like that because I would hit them very hard. And, you know, it was, it was, I really liked that physical kind of contact part of it. And so anytime that I could do um, a hard work type of play, meaning like dive on the floor for the ball or box somebody out or set a hard screen, like that type of stuff that I, I really liked that. I really liked rebounding. I really liked um, kind of the, the, the gritty parts of the, the game. Um, but, you know, I probably liked that because I was stronger than the other guys and um, it was kind of fun for me. But uh, yeah, I, looking back, I think it makes more sense now than then then but even even growing up um you know i worked on uh worked on my uncle's farm in the summers um you know helping him stack hay and do a lot of physical things and you know i mean i started doing that when i was 11 or 12 years old and i could throw around like a full-size bale of hay which is probably not very normal for 11 or 12 year old but to me it was because it was just what i did Sure. And I could do that really easily um, at that age. And, and uh, so I think it's just in a lot of ways, a gift that I didn't quite realize I had. But then as I got into training, I was able to, you know, maximize that, that gift, so to speak, um, and realize my kind of full potential. You, you progressed very, 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 quickly. very quickly. You know, I, I remember our first Worlds together was... Um, well, both of our first 2008 World Strongest 2008, Man. 2008, 2008. Yeah, we were, absolutely. We were actually in the same group, weren't we? Mm -hmm. I think we had Marius. Yeah, us, and, uh, us and Marius and Errol Howden and yeah. uh, um, Brian Siders. Yeah, Brian Siders, yeah, 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 for sure. He was the IPF, yeah. I think, powerlifting record holder at the time. Uh, and we were two, two new, new youngsters, I guess, competing. Yes. Not, not so much youngsters anymore, but... No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Time goes by quick, man. It, it does. I mean... You have you haven't missed the world's strongest man since then, have you? No, I've done I've done every single one. That's incredible. One. That really is. It just shows, you know, the the longevity that you've had and the ability to to look after your body in in that kind of time. That's yeah, it's, that's I think. Uh, I mean, that's a good point. It really is. I mean, it, and um, you know, strongman is a brutal sport. There's no there's no other way to say that. And um, you know, it certainly can take a toll on your body. Um, you know, and I have, uh, I have had, you know, bumps and bruises and pulls and, and, you know, I've, I've had also, you know, more injuries as well, but knock on wood, I've been able to avoid kind of the, the really major stuff. Um, the bicep, tearing my bicep being the, the most major directly from the sport of strongman. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's kind of a, a lesson, uh, I tried to learn actually from the older guys, when I got into the sport, I remember going to um, everybody that was older. So like I, I talked to like Mark Philippi at that time because um, he was still doing his last couple of contests. And and I to be fair, I talked to all of the guys. I talked to Sven. I talked to Magnus Samuelson was kind of he did um, Worlds in 2008 with us. Yeah. Um, so I tried any little tip, any little thing that I could ask them. But one of the things that I would always ask them was if you could go back to when you were younger, what would you do different, if anything, right? And it was just a quick question. And some guys, a lot, you know, kind of 
broke it down a little bit further. And some guys are like, oh, I would, would have done it about the same, or I would have done this. But, you know, if anything, um, what I was kind of given advice from several different people was, you know, if you can get to the top level or when you get to the top level, try to focus on the biggest contests and don't worry so much about competing so many times per year because you'll save your body and you won't beat yourself up and you won't constantly trying to be trained for this and recover recoveries cut short, so to speak. And so that's kind of what I did is, is once I got to, you know, world's strongest man and, and uh, was invited to my first Arnold after that, it was like, okay, I'm pretty much going to focus on the Arnold and world's strongest man. And then maybe fill in a couple other contests, um, you know, just for fun kind of outside of that, or if I need a tune up or that type of thing, but that's really where, where my mind went. And I think it might've been easier for me being an American because there weren't as many opportunities to compete if I didn't leave the country. Sure. Um, I, I've got to say, I think it's probably the best bit of advice you can give new people coming into the sport. I, I did the exact opposite. I was like a, myself, Terry Hollands, we were competing guys, on yeah. a weekly basis. And I, I remember doing seven competitions in six weeks that's and on that seventh competition, I tore my labrum. And I, I was getting good at the time. I was, you, you know, powerful. That was on the deadlift, right? You tore that. No, I tore my labrum in China on the on a dumbbell event. We were... Oh, you're, typ- you're lad. I'm typ- sorry. Typ- typical, typical, typical strong man. Um, yeah. It started to rain. They were trying to rush us through. And I was rushing the dumbbell. Rather than getting it set right, it wasn't quite right on my shoulder. I still tried yeah. to press it. Came out of line, popped the, the labrum. And it was my own fault. I sh- I sh- now, looking back, I'd be like, I wouldn't have been rushed. I would have taken my time, you know, and that, that comes with maturity, but I think you did it the exact way I would advise someone going forward. Often now, you know, I'm telling people don't compete week in, week out, especially now with how heavy the sport is. Yeah. It's, it has changed. It's changed in that uh, aspect, but you know, at the beginning, I think there's a fine line because I did, you know, my first couple of years, especially uh, as I was getting into the sport, I think in 2000, 2007 is where I kind of got to do my first international um, contest. And that was a point where I, I think in that year, I competed about 15 times, uh, give or take. But in the States, there were more opportunities back then for, um, you know, kind of uh, the pro um, opportunities where if you had a pro card, you got to go do a, a pro contest. And that those type of contests have kind of left uh, at least here in the United States, or they're they're kind of few and far between, sure. and so that was something where the weights weren't crazy, um, but certainly heavy enough to be considered a pro show. But I was able to do those and 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 learn, right? So at the beginning, I do think it is there's a fine line of doing contests to learn uh, about how you're going to personally react to being put in certain situations and. Through that year, I was able to get into almost every situation, whether I was leading a contest, I was behind, I was tied, you know, and I had a lot of pressure on certain things. And, and um, you know, I, I kind of learned how to deal with all of those situations through, I would say that year, my, my and my next couple years, because even into like 2009, I, I still did more, kind of more contests, just building up that base, so to speak. Um, and then once kind of 2010 came around, that was about, that was about the time where I was able to kind of say, okay, 
I'm going to focus primarily on the bigger events and, and uh, set my goals there. And, and, you know, like I said, if it wouldn't have been such a hard travel, I might've added a couple more, but I certainly would not have done, like you said, seven and six weeks or something crazy like that. You know, stupid. it's, it's Absolutely uh, stupid. Because you can't train, you can't train specifically for them. There was no training. You're literally trying to just recover in between. That's all you could do. And, you know, uh, it's something as I, as I got later on in my career, I realized this is stupid. You just need to focus on the, on the big shows. And I've always now tried to advise the up and coming younger guys to be selective. But like you said, I think as a novice, it's okay. And this is where people don't understand. I think, People don't understand we're still just flesh and bone, no matter what kind of, you know, strength standard we're at. But the weights that we deal with take a lot more out of your body and a lot longer to recover from than lighter weights do. So, oh, yeah, you, you get beat up. I mean, and that's the thing with managing training as well. You have to manage your training and be smart with that, because too often, I think, um, especially especially up and comers, younger competitors, think that they have to prove everything in the gym, whether it's, it's, you know, trying to show off or it's trying to prove it to themselves or whatever. And, um, you know, it's, it's great advice because training should be training and you're, you should save your best for the contest, right? So the, the keeping that in mind, you should use that training cycle to get better for the contest not to try to prove too much in the training and um, save yourself. Because again, if you turn up to a contest beat up too much and or hurt, you tweak something in training, whatever it is, you can't be your best at the contest. And that's then a big problem. So it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of learning, but if you learn early on how to listen to your body and, and it's your body will tell you, it'll give, it'll give feedback (laughs) on whether you're pushing a little bit too far. It's just, can you be smart enough to listen to it? I think that's really the question. And it's very hard because there's kind of that no pain, no gain. I, I don't care what I'm feeling. I'm just going to push through. It's getting that balance right, isn't it? Because you, 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 you have to. Yep. You need that attitude that I'm going to push hard. I'm going to train harder than the next person. But you also need to listen to your body at the same time. And that's the the balancing act that I think as we get older, it gets easier to realize although we'd like to have that in our younger bodies sometimes (laughs) yeah i you know i i had to to learn a hard lesson um with that and i would say you know i i talked mentioned earlier about tearing the bicep that's really one that i that was that was a hard lesson to learn for me but what happened with that and i think you did the arnold in 2012 right what you were there when i tore it is that yeah okay so they changed out um, they changed out the the stone load event to this axle clean only, um, which was I remember that it was horrible, <laughs> ridiculous. It was ridiculous, and and I I'll be honest, I took that very personally. Like when when they made that call and they announced that event, I I took it very personal to me because I obviously loved the stone event, and you know that was something that I had won very easily, and and um, anyway. So I, I kind of took it as a personal mission to say, all right, you're going to put in that axle clean only. I'm going to prove to you that I, how good I can do at that axle clean only. And I'm going to, I'm going to come out and try to win that event. And I trained it stupidly is what I did. I, I literally, I, I would train that so hard that my sternum was bruised to the point that it was like popping. It was like, almost, I don't know if I cracked it or what, but it was like popping 
but week in and week out, I was like, I don't care how bad this hurts. I don't care how much pain I have to go through. I'm going to get there. And so I had done, I think I'd done five reps in training with the, it was like 210 kilos, like 460 pounds, I think is roughly what the weight of it was. And then I, I got to the contest. And the very first rep on stage, I went to pull it up and bicep comes off first rep, but I trained it. I trained it stupidly to be fair. And I didn't allow myself to recover. I, I was just kind of almost like in a, uh, in such a, a angry spot with my training because they had taken out what I thought was my best event and they replaced it with an event that didn't make sense in my opinion for the contest. But I, I was so gung ho that I was going to prove it there, but ended up having the bicep come off, you know, and, you know, I, I still finished the contest, which was crazy. But um, at the same time, like I had, to, I had to step back from that and say, look, I didn't listen to my body. I was, I was not in a good spot with my training. And so after it, like after you have the surgery, it's like, well, why did this happen? And what did I do that I could have done differently? And so that's kind of where I was at with that. And then you learn at that point, I think I really took that to heart because that was my first big serious injury where I had to have a surgery. And I was like, I don't, I really don't want to do this again <laughs> if I can help it. Um, so I'm going to re revamp the training, listen to my body a little bit more and think of the training for the contest. Cause again, I could have gone to that contest training a lot smarter and done well on that event, I think based on the training numbers I was putting up, but it was like every week I had to go to full weight and prove it. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was constantly trying to prove it. So, you know, for, for anybody getting into it, I think the sooner that you can learn that lesson, hopefully not the hard way um, and, and listen to your body, listen to guys like what you say, what I say, and, you know, try to learn from guys that have kind of been there and kind of done it, so to speak and, um, and learn something. But that advice is very hard to take. It is. <laughs> uh, it's hard to listen to unless you kind of get into it. And, and uh, unfortunately, that means sometimes you you get injured and then you learn and say, hey, I probably should have listened a little bit more. You know, I'm sure we could both look back on our careers and say if we were a little bit smarter at times, we could have done better. You know, and, and I've done OK and you've done, you know, absolutely incredible. But to, to think you could still have done better if you did things differently, it, it, it shows if people are smart, you know, they want to get the absolute best out of their ability, especially these young guys coming through. Cause the talent now is, is insane. The, the standard just keeps getting better. I mean, guys like yourself, you know, Zadrunas, Marius Pujanowski, you know, Derek Poundstone, they, they kind of all elevated the sport if you like, but now, now we've got, more and more incredible guys that are, that are competing. I think, I, I, personally, I think, you know, sort of 2010 to sort of 2014 time, we had a, an incredible group of athletes competing. But I, I think I think now we're getting just more and more in depth. You know, back then you'd still get a couple of weaker guys in groups at World's Strongest Man. Whereas yeah. now you have 25 or 30 guys go to Worlds. They are all ridiculously strong guys. Yeah, the, the level, that's that's exactly it. I mean, the level keeps going up and um, there's a lot of new talent. I, I feel like, like you said, it's almost like you go through these generations of competitors and, and you know, guys kind of maybe stick around a little bit longer or whatever, and then they kind of move away or retire. And then you get, you get somebody else that pops up that's 
that's really, really good and shows a lot of potential. And that's kind of, I think, where we're at right now. I mean, there's several guys that, like you mentioned, it's very hard to, you know, kind of limit it down to who the best is at, at you know, any given contest and, you know, with every, any given set of events. Oh, it does. I mean, just the, the, the evolution of, I, I remember you and myself both tying the world record deadlift in, I think it was 2011 11. in London. We both yep. pulled 430 kilos, which yep. I think was 20 kilos on top of the strongman record at the time. Yeah, that was that was a crazy that was a crazy contest. It, was. it really was. I mean, I think a lot of people were surprised, but you know, I think it was kind of um, what was it? Mark Felix and Kevin Nee had broken kind of like four ten around that nine hundred pound barrier, and then I think a lot of us were like, okay, nine hundred. We're gonna you know we're gonna shoot for like let's let's push it up there a little bit more. And um, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I mean, it was one of those things where. Um, you know, you, I think that was kind of one of those contests, that contest day where everybody started to see like, oh, this level can go up and there's a lot of guys that can push it uh, up. And, and that's that's only continued. You know, it's oh, not well, like that. I was I was going to say, you know, we look you, you look at what the likes of Eddie Hall did with the 500. You know, where is it going to be in another sort of 10 years time? It's that's, yeah, that's that's the crazy part is is that question, right? Like, what, what can the human body do? Uh, especially when, when you have this competitiveness. And I think something that's changed it. And, um, you know, especially from, from when I started, when you started is that back when, back when I first started, there wasn't really other than maybe getting onto some forums and seeing a couple things here or there, most of the guys, you really didn't know what they were doing in their training. Right. So, you know, especially, especially I remember because once my rivalry with Sadruna started to kind of evolve, I remember thinking like, I don't know what this guy is doing in training because, you know, he wouldn't post anything, say anything, whatever. And I was kind of the same way. I was like, you know, I'm going to go in and train. I've got my goals written up. I've got what I'm going to do. And it was almost like you're going to reveal everything at the contest. You're going to show your full package of, of your hard work at the contest. And I really enjoyed that mentality. And now everybody wants to put everything out for video or for watching on Instagram or YouTube or whatever. And it's tough because I'm still, I'm still very much the guy that's like, I would rather, I would rather close the doors, lock myself in the gym and just work for 12 weeks or whatever. I think one thing contest one thing that's very um obvious about yourself is you like to win competitions that's your you're not so focused on you know the biggest although i know you like breaking world records to me you seem like someone that wants to win contests and be known as like the the greatest ever if you like you know i know deep down i i believe you still want to win another world's strongest man title yeah it's and that's it this is exactly it it's a mentality and i've taken certain criticism through my career about maybe leaving a world record or not going for a world record in competition because I've already won the event or I've already done enough for what I want to do, you know? So, you know, there, there's a lot of examples of that, but it's always in my mind, I was going to win the contest. And so sometimes I had to go hundred percent. Sometimes I had to go 70 or 80% based on the events to score the points that I needed to win. 
I, I totally understand that. That's that's exactly my philosophy. I've not won as much as you have, but I've I think for a you know I, I look at like yourself as a journalist. You know, you guys are like some of the absolute greats. I think from that kind of level down, I've done really well. If you look at you know the history in terms of results, I've won a lot of competitions, but I haven't broken that many records. I was just sure. good at being competitive in competitions. And I think if for you, you know, when when it's all said and done, you might not have too many records to your name, but you've got every single title there is to win. You're the only man that has won the double two times. So you've done the Arnold's and World's Strongest Man in the same year twice. I think um, Zadrunas and Thor have both done it once. One but time, that's, yeah. yeah. That's, that, that, I, I, are you satisfied with what you've done or is there still a hunger to, to want more? You know, I'm... <sighs> I got into the sport because I loved it. Right. And, and, you know, we're kind of talking about basketball and then lost that transition part of how did I get in? And, and I got done with basketball and, you know, I, I went into being a strength coach. That's what I wanted to do. Um, but I got into that and, and realized I wasn't ready to stop being the athlete and be the coach. I wanted more out of myself. And I just kind of felt this competitive fire that I needed to um, satisfy. And so that's where, like, I entered my first strongman contest and I entered because I, I wanted the challenge. I wanted that kind of competitiveness that I'd watched as a kid and grown up, you know, hey, I'm going to do this. Can you do it? Can the next guy do it? Am I going to beat you or are you going to beat me? And kind of jump out there and, um, you know, sink or swim, I was, I was going to do it, you know. And, and so I, I got in with that love and everything kind of grew from there. And so as I leveled up and went to bigger contests, it was always, I want the next challenge. I want the next thing that I am going to focus on. And so my heart really with the sport of strongman, I, I love that. I love that competitiveness. I love that kind of challenge. Sure. And so, you know, some guys get in and say, I'm going to do this. I want to make a big name. And, you know, they do that. And then they're like, Hey, I'm good. I'm getting out, you know, but for me, you know, there's, there's, you know, and as you know, you're, you're very good with the like kind of strongman trivia, knowing the history of the sport. I found it very important, important that I knew every winner of world's strongest man. And, you know, in a lot of ways, those guys paved the path for, for us Definitely. And, you know, guys like us have paved the path for the next generation. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, to me, I, I just love it. I love it. But I love the sport. I love the history. And I, I have a passion for it. So as far as, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's going to come in and be like, well, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to take off, you know, and make a name and use maybe use the sport in some ways or not have a full love, like literally a love and a passion for the sport and for what I'm doing and for the history of the sport and not knocking anybody. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus that has done that to each their own. Right. But for me, it's just not that way. So it's not as simple. And, and, you know, now I, I have achieved a lot. Right. And, and it's 100%. one of those things where, um, you know, I don't think that, I don't think that I necessarily like if I was forced to hang it up today or tomorrow, whatever, I can't look back and say, Hey, I've, I've got a lot of regrets or I didn't achieve this. I didn't achieve that, that type of thing, but I always want to improve myself and I want to get better. And I think that, you know, for me, the big challenge has kind of been, 
this evolution of the sport in a lot of ways. And, and there's, there's really no other way to say it than after 2017, both with the Arnold and World's Strongest Man. And a lot of people get that confused because they still want to say the Arnold stayed so heavy. The Arnold stayed so heavy. It did not. Sure. After 2017, both of those contests, I don't know if they had a meeting and said, hey, we're going to make things lighter. We want to make it faster. We want to make it more athletic, whatever. But everything kind of changed. And I had kind of grown into this competitor that was very statically strong, could move almost any weight from point A to point B. And I, I got very good at that. So that that fit me very well. So the Arnold in 2017 yeah. being so heavy, I won that very easily. You know, Worlds in 2017, you know, Eddie was able to come out on top. I didn't, you know, there's a couple of things I left out there with the squat with running out of time. And my plane pole was, you know, I really didn't see how the front tire was moving. So I should have adjusted the way I pulled that plane. And then who knows, the outcome could have been different. There was literally, I think, two points between me and Hawthorne and Eddie or something. But, um, and, and the funny part of the, you know, that is everything then changed. So it's, it's you know, I, I, had, I was kind of stuck in this boat of like, well, with the sport changing, you know, I, I went into Worlds in 2017, the heaviest I had ever been, you know, and, and just was a, a different competitor than the contest kind of required, if you will. Um, not that certain events aren't heavy. I'm not sitting here saying like, it's not heavy because it is, but we're not talking the extreme kind of heavy I mean, literally at the um, the Arnold in 2017, I think the super yoke was 1,565 pounds, if that, I remember right. That was crazy, to be fair, though. It, oh, it was. It, it was. was but... I, I remember watching it and seeing, I think it was Shivlikov, literally sort of stumble, like little steps with, with it. And it, I guess if you go that heavy, it does become boring to watch. It, I, well, I, that's, yeah, but you have to build, you have to build yourself to do that. And sure. so... When I did that, I kind of sacrificed some of my athleticism or a lot of it, to be fair, to be able to do that kind of weight for such a short distance. And I built myself into that. So right now, I mean, the last couple of years, it's almost like I've, I don't want to say I fought it, but I kind of have like, because it's like, I, I really like that training versus like, hey, I, I'm, I'm almost uh, maybe in a way training like a strongman power lifter, if you will, where it's low reps, heavy, heavy weight, not a lot of moving, whatever, versus training as like a strongman athlete where I'm, I need to do more medleys. I need to do more moving. I need to drop my body weight down. And so that's kind of what I'm focusing on now. And it's, it's again, it's a more of a challenge for me personally. So I'm taking that challenge. So as far as like proving things to myself, yeah, I, I still I still love it, but it's it's coming from a place of passion. I think you know you look at somebody like um, you just watch Tom Brady uh, win the Super Bowl here, and it's like I think he's forty three this year. If I if I heard that right, which is insane. That's crazy. He's been at ten Super Bowls more than any other. You know, it's it's just crazy the achievements. And he, he, his first thing is I'm coming back next year, where you know, he still physically can do it, still feels good. He's still got that hunger, that fire, that passion to do it. Um, you know, and I'm not sitting here saying that, like, I think I'm going to be competing when I'm 43 or I want to or whatever, but, you know, I'm, I'm 38, almost 39. And, and um, you know, I take a lot of heat for my age and I take a lot of heat for a lot of different things because people expect things, but I also expect things out of myself. Yeah. And, 
there's a lot of other guys. Like, for example, I mean, you look at JF Crone, Jerry Pritchett. I mean, these guys at Worlds placed in front of me, and they're also either the same age or older than I am. Sure. You know, so it's kind of like, but they, they for whatever reason, people seem to forget what they their age is. I think, I think it's an interesting one because, I mean, I got a lot of criticism because I – I put up a, a video where because you, you get certain people that are now have come to the sport and they're, they're big fans of yourself. And that's sure. great. It's bringing more people to the sport, but they don't always open their eyes to everyone that competes in every situation. So before world's strongest man this year, people were saying, Brian Shaw's going to win. You know, there's no half Thor. There's no Eddie Hall anymore. Lissis is not there. Um, Kiliuszkowski's injured. Brian Shaw's going to walk away with it. And I was trying to explain to people, Brian Shaw is an incredible strongman. But do not discount everybody else. Sure. And it's, you know, the, the standard of the sport has got better. And it's guys like yourself, Sadrunas, Eddie, that have raised that level. And guys like JF Caron, for instance, he's just steadily got better and better and better each year. Jerry Pritchard, he was doing brilliant, had a couple of years with injury. Great to see him doing well again. And, it, you know, seeing those older guys inspires myself to think, well, you know, I've gone away and... The reason I stopped was because I had to focus on looking after my family. That was more important to me than strongman. But never once have I stopped my, or has my love for strongman faded. I'm really passionate about it, really love it. And, you know, whether it's trying to promote the sport online or competing or coaching or whatever it is. And, and now I'm sort of in a better situation. I want to compete again myself. And sure. seeing, seeing these... Well, you look at Mark Felix still going in his 50s, Nick Best yeah. in his 50s, Zadrunas in his mid-40s. I think the thing with you and Zadrunas that's different for everyone else, say I come back to a competition, you know, I've had a good career, won Europe's Strongest Man, won a number of internationals, but I've never been one of the, the greatest of all time. I think yeah. with yourself and Zadrunas, and I saw this with Zadrunas, but to be fair to him, you know, and I've spoken to him about it, he just loves it. Is it just now, like, you, you really want to be five, six times world's strongest man, or is it just you love competing? Because if it's something like when someone just loves competing, none sure. of us have got, you should, none of us should say anything. You know, yeah. if you love it, you love it. But you have such a legacy. And I think that's the issue yeah. with, you, with yourself. You're a four-time winner of, of worlds. You're the, you know, Arnold champion multiple times. You've been in the final every year for the last, what, 12, 13 years in a row, something like that. It's, yeah. it's a lot of pressure because when I watch you now, and this isn't as a criticism. I still look at you and think Brian Shaw is one of the best guys in the world, but he's not the Brian Shaw of a couple of years ago. Sure. And that's, and this is, this is fair. And, and you bring up a fair point. And, and uh, like I said, I bring a lot of that criticism on myself yeah. that, that let's not get that confused because I expect things out of myself. I, I, I know how much of a, you're, uh, you're your biggest critic to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I mean, there's, you know, looking at World's Strongest Man, for example, I've analyzed all the scores, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, they they made a big change on the first event. And the simple fact, like with that, let's just, we don't have to break down the whole contest, but like with that one, if I would have been, I think one second faster, maybe not, I think it might've even been less than a second faster, I would have gained like three spots. I mean, that's that's how crazy the, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's like, if I drop, like in my mind, if I drop some weight, become more athletic, there's no reason that I can't be four, four seconds faster. I was very, very slow on that first event and I could have handled a lot more weight, but it just wasn't a lot more weight, you know? So I don't need to be carrying the excess body weight 
to be able to compete and move the weights. It's not about moving the weights. It's about how fast I can move the weights that are in front of us. And I think that that was a realization that I had to come to um, for myself. But with, you know, reference to what you're saying about, you know, Zadrunas love and competing and, you know, where do you draw that line? I, I'm too competitive. I'm really too competitive. So, you know, if I, if I looked at myself and I thought, you know what, Brian, there is literally no way if you go back and do this, this, and this, there's no way you could win. Right. At that point, I don't know if I could come back sure. because I, I can't, I couldn't show up to a contest knowing that I wouldn't be in the hunt to win it. Like that's, and that's just me. That's nothing against any other guy. That's nothing against, like you mentioned, like Mark Felix or somebody else that literally just loves competing. But I think that that standard is too ingrained in, in my brain and that's the way that I operate. So I analyze the contest and, you know, I didn't, I'll, I'll be honest. And, and I put out the video saying with world's strongest man, I just didn't have a great contest. There's just no other way. Uh, and that happens. That, sometimes. Was, that it does. It does. And there's a lot of like external stuff, things that I identified, uh, you know, from that, some that was in my control, some that was not in my control, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, um, it's one of these things where you can, and I've learned this more times than, than I probably needed to in my career. It doesn't matter what happened at the contest. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It matters who won and who lost. Right. Yeah. And I've had a lot of very close calls and very close second places. And, and at the end of the day, those are not titles. Those are second places. It doesn't matter what happened or how it happened, or you can go back and try to tell every story in the world about how this could have been done. Every and single one of us can look back and say, if or but, or, you know, 100%. we can, we can only go on what happens. And and like I said already, you've got a, well, you've got some of your trophies behind you there. Um, yeah. You, you've had a, a fantastic career. It's been, I mean, but that's, I mean, the, the answer to those questions is kind of like, like I said, it's, I, I still, if I, I need to sometimes, and I've had to do this at certain points of my career, remind myself that I love this and go almost go back to that, that competitor that started right before there was, before there was all of this stuff, all of the extra stuff outside, whatever. Um, that's the heart of it. Right. And if I go back to that, those roots, then it, it, it kind of fires me up in a lot of ways and, and brings more fire, more passion, more enthusiasm. But, you know, with that being said, it's, it's also, and I've also done this to myself as well, I've brought on a lot more work, right? So I've been very busy and, and you know, some people see it, some people don't, but, you know, I, I now have basically three different businesses that I operate, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, filming and different stuff like that. that People really don't understand that side of things. And I I experience it myself. Now, I was going to ask you actually, because it does affect me in terms of when I had a family, and being so much busier, I remember when I started strongman, it was the only thing that mattered to me. I was a young man, didn't care about, you know, I didn't have any kids or anything like that to, to worry about. I didn't have a wife. I didn't sure. even care about my job back then. Literally, all sure. I cared about was being the best strong man that I could be, getting sure. to the gym, eating the food that I needed, and nothing else mattered. Whereas now, I still love training. I'm still sure I will still love competing if I'm selective about what the shows I do. But there is things that are more important to me. My family sure. is more important. You know, the, the providing for them is more important. And I know you've, you're a very busy man. Does that 
affect your your strongman at all? Well, it, if I sat here and said that it, that it didn't in some way, I'd be lying. Sure. You know, and that's just the truth because, you know, as you know, and I've made very publicly known, I, family is, is number one to me, you know, and my wife and kids are above everything else. And, and rightly know, when, so. Yeah. And, and there's just, there's no other way to say that, you know, and, and I, I would be lying if that, if I said that, but at the same time, I also believe that I can structure my day and, and prioritize my time so that I can, I can kind of flip a switch, so to speak, and say, all right, this is family time, this is business time, this is training time, this is recovery time. And, and before, like you were saying, when I, when I was up and coming, it's the same thing, man. It was, you know, I didn't have a wife, I didn't have kids, I didn't, you know, it was, I basically got up and ate and focused on training only. That's all I thought about all day was training only, but now I have to just prioritize my time a little bit more. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily less fun or that I can't commit in the same way. Um, and that's where, you know, I get a lot of messages um, or, or, you know, comments, whatever from, from different, especially dads out there that are like, you know, I don't know how you do it with, uh, you know, I've got, I've got one kid and a wife and like, I have a hard time getting to work and, and training and managing everything. And, and it is true. But it's just making a, a priority, right? And I, I really, really feel that way because, you know, too often now, and, and um, again, this is, this is much more now, like very much more now where people, if you really added up how much screen time you have, like on your phone and how much time you potentially waste. Um, and this is even, even for me with as busy as I am, I'll find like I'm going on to, to post something or do something or handle this or that, or check an email. And you kind of get drawn into that a little bit too long. And it's like, Hey, I wasted 15 minutes here. I wasted 20 minutes here. And if you really collected that, you could get more done. And so there's a lot that people can get done and, um, you know, normal people that aren't even trying to compete. They'll, they'll, you know, say or, or, or try to make an excuse and say, well, I just don't have time, sure. but it's like, really, do you not have time or are you just not making it a priority? It's uh, that, that is exactly it. I, I remember when I, when I got injured at Worlds, tore my Achilles and I was, I was done with strongman, you know, I'd given everything to the sport and, you know, decided I was going to focus on business, became super busy. And now I'm back into training as well managing my time like you say all right i don't have the four hours that i used to have that i could go to the gym but i'm condensing that training i'm still getting it done still loving it and now because i don't have that financial pressure of having to compete sure it's a it's a lot more enjoyable sometimes when you you can then just go back to like you said earlier why did you start this because it was fun i wanted to be the best that i could be you, you you can have a lot clearer head yeah. And, and that's, I think to, to that point, I think a lot of the guys that are up and coming, those opportunities are there. And that financially may be one of the reasons that they, they do compete too much, you know, yeah. because that, that, that carrots out there, so to speak. And if the, they just do this next contest or just do that, they can then earn more money. And it's tough. I mean, it, it really is because uh, you have to, it's, it's tough to get into a spot where, as a competitor, you're not r- really relying on the money that you're making from competing. That's, that's a tough spot to get into. And I, you know, it's not it, a position uh, you want to be in to anyone up and coming. I'm sure Brian will agree with me. Don't yeah. go down that route of relying on prize money to, to get by in strongman. 
no, because then it's just it's just one injury or something, and you're sidelined for a while, and then and then you, and you see this too. Guys will try to rush through, get through that injury, get back to contest. Too That's fast. such a. I see that so often. Guys are just like, oh, what can I do to to be back in four weeks? Well. You know, there's another contest in, in six months. Yeah, Focus it, on that one. <laughs> 100%. And I, I have said that. And I've recommended that to a lot of guys. Sometimes they don't want to hear it. And it is it is tough. I mean, it's tough to hear that at times, and especially when you're so, you know, motivated, hungry, whatever. But you don't want one injury to lead to another injury. You want it to stop there if you can, you know. It does. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't listen to that advice early on. I tried to come back too quickly. What happens? Bang, another injury. Because your body compensates and 100%. tries to adapt. Anyway, moving on from those things, I want to yeah. talk about your you've you've been against like like both of us have, we've competed against pretty much some of the absolute greatest strongmen, you know. The the, the modern standard has been ridiculous. Who would you say? out of everyone is your greatest rivalry. I've got an idea of who I would choose, but I, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Well, the, the greatest rivalry is hands down Zadrunas. It, it just, it has to be. I mean, it, it's uh, no other competitor drove me like he did, was uh, such a good rival for me in so many ways. And, um, you know, it seemed like this battle would happen at the Arnold. It would happen at World's Strongest Man. And it was such a, a back and forth, you know, I mean, basically from, uh, gosh, 2000, 2009 until 2016, it was one of us that won World's Strongest Man. And then we had even one tie mixed in there yeah. uh, where we tied on points. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that that happened. Um, and, you know, it was, it was fun. It was fun for me. It was fun to have that guy that, uh, um, you know, was good in a lot of ways. He was good at things that I wasn't as good at. And then he wasn't as good at things that I was good at. And so it, it was a really good balance, but it was also, um, you know, something he was experienced. I became more experienced going up against him and he made me get better. And I think I made him get better. And so any good rivalry uh, should have that component. And uh, it, it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. It, 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 honestly, two of the, the greatest of all time, without question. It wasn't fun for guys like me that came second at lots of competitions <laughs> to you both. But <laughs> the, the amount of prize money Brian, um, Brian and Zadrinus have cost me over the years is, I don't want oh, to add yeah, it all yeah. up. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the other side of the coin, for sure. It's been great. I've, I've, I've loved it, honestly, being able to compete against, you know, and then, you know, there's the likes of Eddie, Thor, you know, the, the new guys. There's been so many incredible, before that, Derek Poundstone, uh, yeah. Marius Pujanovsky. I've been lucky enough to compete against all these people. The only person I've never been able to beat is you. <laughs> That's crazy, man. You're the, you're the only crazy. guy I've never beaten out of, out of all the top guys from the last sort of, you know, 15, 20 years. Brian Shaw is the only one. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe maybe you'll have to come back, man. I know, I'm going to have to yeah. now. <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll do a master's competition in a few years or so, something. Something like that. Yeah, for sure. That's, <laughs> be, that's crazy. That's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun looking back. It's fun looking back at all those guys. And, and I, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, what I have always tried to do, and I did this playing basketball as well, is I always have tried to learn something from every competitor that I've gone up against. And it may not be a lot, it may be something small, whatever. And, and um, you know, you take Marius, for example, and Marius was, 
you know, a guy that um, his, his will to win was, it, I mean, it just was second to none. I mean, some of the things that I got to see him do behind the scenes um, were just, it was just crazy. You know, he would, like, I, I went to one uh, Super Series contest on Venice Beach where they had this, uh, uh, it was a natural stone. And, you know, some of the guys had, had gone to train with it. And he turned up to the contest, didn't even know what it was or how to pick it up and was legitimately struggling, struggling to get it off the floor. And then they, you know, he, he tried to pick it up probably 40 times, 30, 40 times. And then they blew the whistle and he picked it up and ran with it just fine. Or the, um, like the circus dumbbell, uh, that, back then that was like 2007. That was when that event was first coming into the sport. And I think it was like 180 pounds. So like what a 70 some kilo circus dumbbell. So not, um, you know, I guess it'd be a little bit more than that uh, in kilos, but it was like 180 pounds. Um, and he couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Just couldn't figure it out and just did it again and again and again. And for most guys that would wear them out to the point they wouldn't even be able to touch it. Yeah. And then again, he figured it out just in the warm up time. So it's just that kind of will to win. And, and um, you know, I, there's, there's other things about Marius that, that I didn't like as much, but at the same time, I took that away. I was like, you know what? I think that this guy will literally go uh, to win and he would rather die than quit. Yeah. You know, like he would just go to that point and, and yeah. um, it's just, you take away, and that's just one example. I mean, there's a lot of guys that you and I both have competed with over the years that, you know, they had that tenacity. I mean, I, I heard that um, about Yoko Hola, kind of that same thing. It was like, he would never quit. You could have him down in a contest and he just would keep coming and coming and coming. And so it's like, you learn those different things about different guys. And it's such an interesting thing, but at the same time, I really tried to take it to heart. So, you know, I, I tried to learn something from everybody. If, if I, you know, watched you pick up a yoke and you did something a little bit different, I was very perceptive on exactly what a guy was doing and how he was doing it. And if it helped him in some way, I would take that and then go back to training and it's say, like, taking, oh, it's, it's all about taking little things from different people and figuring out what works best for you as an individual. That's, it. That's exactly That's, you know, that's something I've seen over the years. I think too many people think there's only one way to do something as well. You, you can't. Everybody, the, that's the problem. Everybody's built different. Yeah. And that's, that's just the truth. So your levers are different. So you can't watch uh, somebody that's built different than you try to deadlift or try to press or whatever. You are going to have to modify it some way for you just because it's everybody's, you know, been given a different body. And that's just the truth. Now you can get stronger, but you can't necessarily change uh, how long your bones are or, you know, uh, how, you know, if your back's a little bit longer, your legs a little bit longer, whatever, how long your arms are, things like that. So, um, but that's what makes strongman fun too, because getting better. And I was, I was loved this part of it was getting better at events that didn't come as naturally to me. Yeah. That was, that was always, cause you know, I, some events I just naturally was like, man, I just go in and grab that the first time it feels perfect. And there was other things that it felt horrible. And it, it was like, I had to almost reprogram my brain to say, instead of avoiding that, I'm going to do it all the time because I, I have to have it in my arsenal. Uh, if it turns up at a contest, I have to be able to do it. And I think too many competitors now, especially 
they don't want to show their their weakness or they don't want to show their vulnerability in training, especially if they train with a group. So they'll train the events they're good at and that they like, and they will leave alone the events that they're not good at or that they struggle with. And it should be the opposite. If you really want to be well-rounded, you have to work on the stuff you're not as good at and you have to work on it with passion and get better at it. And um, it's winning strongman contests. You can be incredible, incredible at one or two events. And if you get those in that contest, yes, you might beat everybody at those events. But if you turn around and get, you know, toward the bottom of the pack or finish last on another event, because you're not willing to work on it, most likely you're not going to win the event overall, the whole contest, right? And so when it comes, and that's kind of how my brain worked as far as winning titles, it was like, yeah, I could excel at this, I could excel at that. And maybe you could chase a record, but in all fairness with, with strongman, you know, when you, when you talk about, I know we kind of touched on that earlier with the records, the problem is, is all the implements are always different. I mean, the only thing that, and and even with the deadlift and we we're not going to go off on that kind of tangent with the deadlift, (laughs) but you and I both know that deadlift records and strongman used to be set on whatever setup was there. Yeah. And that, whether it was, it was a tire or it was a big metal wheel or whatever. And that was the deadlift record. That's just what it was. It and then a different bar in every competition, you know, 100%. Yeah. and it didn't, it was just like, that was the most weight that had been picked up. And then all of a sudden it came to, we need to go with a, a, this kind of bar and these calibrated plates and it has to be this. And it's like, I understand from a standardization point, how that makes kind of sense. And you can compare apples to apples, so to speak. But we kind of went down that rabbit hole. A it becomes, bit it becomes too confusing, doesn't it now? Exactly. Like now, every time a deadlift's done, well, I saw him do 528 kilos on this bar. Well, why is 500 kilos the record? Or, you yeah. know, it, it, it does get really confusing. You've got to try and explain to everyone there's a, you know, a Hummer deadlift record, an elephant bar deadlift record, an 18 inch deadlift why, record. Speaking about that, that's why records to me, they don't mean as much. You know, and especially in the sport of strongman, it's like, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I could go back and probably have a whole list of what would be considered records, I guess. Hmm. Um, and, you know, there, there are there and, and I'm proud of those achievements, but I'm more proud of winning the event and then trying to win the whole contest. So, you know, it, it, it kind of took away and, and that's how my brain worked, at least. Now, some people are opposite of that and fair play to them. If they want to go after one specific thing and be the best at that one specific thing, that's awesome. That's, that's good. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, records always can get broken, but titles, titles don't go away. And, you know, it's, it's just like you win in Europe's strongest man. Nobody can take, take that away from you because that's a title that's there. Now within that Europe's, if you would have broke a deadlift record or you would have broke a press record or whatever. Okay, cool. But most likely that that would have gone away. But sure. it doesn't mean that you lose the title world's strongest man or or I'm Europe's strongest man, you know. Yeah. And the same with any other big, big contest. But that's just the way that I approach it. And you know, there's and I think that comes with the age of more video content and, and social media and all that, where yes, world records are amazing. And and calling something a world record, somebody's gonna click on that. Yeah. Because they want to see that. But it doesn't get away from the fact that within the sport of strongman, I'm, I'm personally more impressed when a guy is good at everything and he can be well-rounded in all the events, because to me, that shows that he 
took the time to work on all those individual events to win the whole contest versus saying, I'm going to not train this other stuff as much to be really great at this one. It's like, it's like being a fighter and having the strongest punch, for instance. Totally. But, but you get taken to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You you still lose in the the overall contest. Um, Just quickly, but I've kept you for a long time, but I'm having fun with you. Good man. Good man. Um, Two things I wanted to pick up on. Firstly, who do you see out of the current crop of athletes as the, the the guy that could maybe do something like yourself as a Drunus? Is there any guys that you see that could really dominate? Or do you think over the next few years, we're going to see a lot of different, you know, people winning titles? Obviously, yourself and Zadrunas almost had a stranglehold on, you know, the sport for a good time. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. This, this is a, a kind of a loaded question in a way because obviously I, I know all these guys and there's, a, there's several different names that could be on that list. What I would say is there's some amazing talent. There's some amazing talent with these up-and-comers. What I personally would say is to them, a lot of them are kind of in that like mid-20s age range. Um, you know, some a little bit older, some maybe a, a touch younger than that. But the guy that's going to be able to do that is the guy that can be smart enough to stay away from getting injured and have longevity. And if you think about it, the way that I always tried to think about it was I want to each year, I just want to get a little bit better. And then the next year I want to get a little bit better, but I want to maintain that. So instead of it, like for me, if you go back and look, my trajectory was more of a, maybe kind of like a, a slower slant up you can see that on the screen, it was like that. But some of these guys come out of the gate and their slant is like this. But can you maintain that? How how many guys have we seen over the years that have come in like that and then just dived out straight away? Well, and, and what happens too is everybody wants to be quick to kind of anoint these guys as the next big thing you know, the, the, you know, the future of the sport, this guy's the man, this guy's going to do everything. This guy's going to win it all. And it's almost crowning them before they've done it. So they feel a sense of pressure on or weight on their shoulders to go get it done. So then they maybe push harder than they should. They, they go further than they should. And that takes away from their longevity. So to answer your question, it's tough for me to throw out a name because there's some amazing, amazing talented guys, but it's who can who can maintain that and get a little bit better and a little bit better work on the I, I, I agree with you totally. I, I really do. The amount of times people throw names at me and like, oh, what do you yeah. think of this guy? It's like, yes, he's awesome. Give yeah. him time to just progress. Just yeah. let, let him have five years in the sport, let him keep getting better. You 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 hit the nail on the head. I think fans, promoters, everyone sort of jumps on the bandwagon of, of pushing certain athletes. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, they burn out sometimes. You, you, well, any of those guys, because I'm sure, I'm sure some of them are going to listen to this interview, right? And that's that's the challenge I would present to all those guys. Yeah. Is to say, can you be the guy that can have the longevity and maybe just maybe play the long game? instead of the short game and understand that, like you said earlier, that there's going to be the next contest, right? And it doesn't all have to happen right now. But I mean, if I would have done that and played that game and let's just say my career would have ended in, uh, let's just say 2013, right? I won my second title. You know, I'm, I don't feel like I would be included in a lot of the conversations that I'm included in now 
because I wouldn't have had the longevity that I did. And, and, you know, I always wanted to play the long game, but at the same time in my head, I said, I want to, I love this. I love this. I don't want it taken away. I don't want to be stupid in what I'm doing. So I'm going to do it smart as I possibly can and still be lifting when I'm older. Cause even when I retire, I want to still lift and, and have my body functional. Um, and be strong. You know? Something something really funny. When, when I announced my retirement from Worlds, people assumed I would just stop training, which cracked me up. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm always going to train, okay? Yes. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, it's just a love in us. I think, you know, we, we have to do something. Otherwise, you, you have to. It's it's And that's the thing, especially if you've done it this long and you, you yeah. do have a love for it. Now, there's other guys that, that do retire and stop completely. Yeah. But that, I personally would say that comes from a spot. You probably didn't love lifting you were just doing it to compete, yep. right? And and that's fair too. Each person is different. I mean, some people hate lifting weights and some people love it with a passion. And I think if you can combine those where you train and love something so much, then you'll keep doing it, you know? And, and hopefully it's not taken away from you in the fact that you get too injured or too beat up or or whatever. And and that's that's the hard part. It's, it's um, you know, I... Hope and, and still for myself, I still want to walk away when I want to walk away, you know, yeah. and that's, that's the question, but it really comes down to the challenge to myself is how do I improve? And I'm still playing that game uh, with myself, which I love to play that game. I love you, the challenge. You are so methodical in the way you sort of approach things. I, I've always admired it, to be honest with you, just the, the way you look at events and you figure out things all the time you just figure out the, the best way for you to be effective and you you really break events down and, and it's quite interesting to watch i've always found it quite fascinating it it is and i've to be fair to play you know kind of on the other side of that coin you know later in my career i maybe have overanalyzed a little bit too much i think you know, that's fair yeah. like i i I think I need to walk that line a little bit with myself and kind of get back to a little bit more of a middle ground of like, yes, I'm going to analyze this. Yes, this is my strategy, but kind of go out there and say, you know what, when that whistle blows, I've got to go for it, Yeah, but we're going, you know? And I think that some people and rightfully so have had that criticism where it's like, you know what, if Brian would just not kind of be as methodical, sometimes it would improve my placing in things. And I think they're right. I sometimes think look at let's say, say like a farmer's walk medley or something you sometimes look like you're taking a bit too long to get your hands in the perfect place for instance totally this is the and this is the thing whereas some guys make a lot of mistakes because they don't do it but it, i think you can go almost too far and i think that that um you know sometimes i maybe do that overthink it and almost get into uh like not a clear mind right so if i i can't I, I should analyze it and then kind of say like, all right, that's the plan. Now it's go time and just go do it's, it. There's you know? always going to be two sides to these type of things though. Cause like, like I've, I've analyzed loads of competitions and I, I love watching the sport. As you know, I've watched yourself many times and you know, you can go to both sides. You can say, right, he's overanalyzing that or you can take that risk and sometimes it will pay off. Sometimes it doesn't. One thing that's been fair to you is you are consistently performing well in sure. you know any competition that you do you're always consistently performing well so and when we look at the results throughout your whole career that's when you've, you you know you, you've got to say it's paid off um you get other guys that they just go for it 100 balls to the wall 
one time it can pay off three times they might fuck up so it's it's, no it's it's true yeah yeah and and it's just whether or not that one time was at the right moment yeah well that's that's the great thing with competition as well we don't know what's going to happen i get i get criticized all the time when i do a you know a a prediction or something like that if we knew if we all knew exactly what was going to happen it would be boring as hell that's what yeah. makes sport fun is, is it's going to be interesting. There's always a, a chance of a mistake. Someone can turn up in incredible shape. Someone could have had an issue with their family member the night before and their head's not in it. You don't know what's going on. And it, well, that's, that's, that's a hundred percent the truth. And I think a lot of, uh, you know, fans of the sport as they got into it, they'll, they'll, you know, whether they have a favorite or, or that type of thing, they won't look at the events that are chosen Right. And I think that this is something where and this is kind of a whole different topic, um, you know, with, you know, having a contest, having the right set of events to test all aspects of strength. Right. So you don't get lucky. You can't you can't kind of avoid any weakness you might have. And this is this is the thing with World's Strongest Man. And this is what I would say is, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, a few different people, but uh, it's, it's kind of that, that analogy of like, it's easy to win at one time, world's strongest man, because you might have a great day, you might have the right set of events, everything might click just for that contest. But then to come back and do it again, and then come back and do it again, means that, that you're so well-rounded that it doesn't matter what the events are, you can get thrown almost anything and I think in my mind, and this is something you and I agree on when it comes to uh, like World's Strongest Man, for example, and again, like I said, a whole different ball of wax, but the, the, what you look at is the groups, the qualifiers, guys sometimes will get lucky in a way and get events they're amazing at, yeah. right? And they get through, they get through to go to the final. Whereas the next guy might be amazing at those same events, but instead he got these events and he doesn't get through, yeah. but yet he's qualified or, or at that level, you know? And so, you know, in my mind, this is, and this is something that I'm personally trying to do with, with uh, the Shaw Classic, the, you know, contest we'll have coming up later in the year here is my goal is to have a big group of athletes, right. But also have a bigger number of events. So we're testing and all athletes get to do all events. I've been, qualification. I, I've had this argument with many people. I'm, I'm like yourself. We're probably two of the most vocal people when it comes to, you know. And I think both of us will will give World's Strongest Man a lot of credit. You know, that it, it's the, it is the top show, and I don't want to sit here and badmouth it because I love World's Strongest Man. It's no, and that's not that's not what I'm trying to do either. I'm simply bringing but, up. I, I do think we can improve the sport. We can try and, and get things better. And I, I personally would like to see eight or ten events. You know. Yep to really test who is the best because you can put five events in and I, I i i always say there's there's a group of guys that are all capable of beating each other you know and i, I put myself into that group you know on, on a good day with the right set of events i can give anyone trouble yourself zadrunas i put thor in there as well you you guys can win in any competition you know, you, it doesn't matter what the competition is or what the events are, you can come out on top. But you've got guys like, you know, Terry Hollands with the right set of events. That guy becomes a nightmare. With the wrong set of yeah. events, he's not so good. And I'm in that, you know, and, and there's there's 20 or 30 guys that are in that group with the right set of events we're, we're hard to beat. You put 
10 events in, no one has anywhere to hide. You're yep. going to you're going to find, you know, who really is the strongest guy. I personally don't think we need the heats, but yep. I, I understand. I've had this argument with Colin Bryce and, and he gives reasons for the heats and against. Sure. But well, it's it's their model. It's their model that's worked. It's it's and they they have uh, a lot of on, on the flip side of that coin. Obviously, they have a lot of TV contracts to fulfill and a lot of what their decisions are are based on what they're selling to the TV sure. side of things. And so if they want that, that's the format that they have to do. And, and um, you know, this is part of this is part of what with me trying what I'm trying to do with with my contest is I've always wanted that. I've always wanted that. I went to, um, you know, Fortissimus is the only contest I could really say that was 10 events in two days. It was brutal. Um, but you had, you had a big number of guys, 10 events, and there was really nowhere to hide. It was, you know, if you had a weak event, it was going to get exposed and hopefully you were good at good enough at the other events that you could kind of level it out at the end. And that's kind of where I'm trying to go because I think that truly that will, that should be the way that it's done. Um, because you, and in a lot of ways, you couldn't get lucky. You, you, with more events, if you're bad at something, like if you're bad at, at, um, throwing or you're bad at a truck pull or you're bad at, uh, you know, your grip isn't very good or whatever, like in, in, in a format, like you said, with five or six events, if you don't have a grip event, well, then somebody that's got a weaker grip can get through no problem. And they're, they're happy as can be because they, they didn't have to show what they were weaker at. So, you know, it's, it's trying to move the sport forward though. Um, I think is, is, is incredible right and and you know world's strongest man and it's fun to kind of analyze this contest or that contest or you know whatever um when it comes to the sport because there's more and more people watching it's a broader audience and and uh you know that's been a big goal of mine you know personally to try to get it out to more people and you know for me personally there's a lot of satisfaction if i'm being honest with you in the fact that I've not only been able to inspire other up and coming competitors, but also normal people, just kind of like the everyday person, whether, you know, and there's a lot of women, there's a lot of men that are like, you know what, I watched this or that. And I said, I'm going to get up off the couch, I'm going to go do something, I'm going to make an improvement in my life. And, you know, that in, in a lot of ways, to me personally, is very rewarding um, because people, if you can make somebody's life better, not just entertain them, but at the yeah. same time, like, Hey, you know what? The, I see the sacrifices. Maybe I'm going through with the other competitors or whatever, whatever it may be. And they're like, I'm going to go do something, or I'm going to, you know, try to set a better example for my kids, or I'm going to try to do uh, something to improve myself. That's huge. And so when, when you get those messages from, from people and, and I get them, it, it it's an amazing feeling to think that what we're doing is yep. inspiring people to be better in themselves in, in whatever aspect of life it might be. But, but that it, it, I know the feeling and it's better than winning, you know, contests <laughs> to, to think you've affected people in, in that way. It's, it's a, it's an amazing feeling. Absolutely. So very quickly then, how do we keep the sport growing? What, what, what do we need to do as a community? Do you think to, to keep the sport? Cause um, I think you're, you've, you're quite a, a voice when it comes to you know the, the growing the sport you can see you're clearly passionate about it you, you want it to get better what do you think we need to be doing to to keep the sport growing well i i think that we number one everybody should try to work together 
I think that that's kind of a collective um, thing. And I think that that does happen in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, I've had a lot of people messaging me about a governing body or something. And I've had, I mean, countless, countless conversations about uh, trying to work together and, you know, making sure that we're taking care of the athletes. And my biggest thing, and I, I'm sure you have seen this, a lot of the guys have seen this. I mean, my biggest thing is, is I'm very much a proponent for the athletes, right? So, you know, I think there's a whole other side, if you will, kind of like two different sides where it's the athletes and then the promoters and the, you know, the people that are putting on the contest and that type of thing. And, you know, I've, I've organized different, um, whether it's, it's meetings or, um, you know, kind of get togethers where we're talking, where it's either it's athletes alone and we're just talking, or it is, you know, kind of athletes and, you know, the promoters of, you know, like with World Strongest Man, several different years, I had meetings and, you know, I remember going to those meetings as Adrenus and I, and, and one of the things that um, a lot of people don't realize is World Strongest Man didn't give out first, second and third place trophies for a long time, a long time. And there's several, several men that deserve those trophies. And I told him, I said, you have to give good trophies for first, second, and third because some of these guys might work their whole life to get third place or second place at World Strongest Men if they don't nothing even to show for it. Yeah, and they listened like they did listen. Like now you get legitimate, awesome trophies. Whereas some of my you know podium places at World Strongest Men, I got like a barely a little glass thing that you can hardly read. It's something um, you get in a novice competition, literally. <laughs> Literally, and I said that that's unacceptable. There's a lot of ideas that have been thrown out, but those conversations, to keep things moving forward, those type of conversations have to keep happening. And, you know, I love being a, a voice for that. And, um, you know, too often, like this year, I think uh, at World's Strongest Man specifically, I think I took a little bit too much onto my shoulders as far as, kind of representing the athletes talking because there was a kind of a bad situation there with the weather and what we were going to do and the, you know, kind of health and safety of the guys. And I took that burden a lot and I, I kind of fought for the guys and it took a lot out of me. It really did. It, it, it just kind of mentally, I was being very negative about things. And um, so I, I kind of personally know that I have to walk a fine line there of, you know, I'm still trying to compete with, you know, looking after the guys, but at the same time, kind of be in the middle. Um, but we have to have those conversations. We have to, and we have to keep it open because there's more and more people that are paying attention and it's wonderful. It's exciting to see the growth. We, at have, every a, level. we have a genuine fan base now in the sport. Yep. I mean, you yep. and you and I both remember competing in front of car parks, in front of a couple of family members, you know, yep. we've been there even at world's strongest man, sometimes competing in front. Of, I know this year was different. It was, it was in lockdown. Yeah, but even, even that's, that's even, irrelevant. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, it, it's evolved and we just have to keep that, that growing. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got a lot of ideas and I'm sure that I'm sure that you do too. And it, it's coming from that, that kind of base of experience and knowledge and, you know, that type of thing. But it also comes from competing for a long, long time and knowing what competitors want and what they need. And th this is where I think the downfall sometimes is there might be a contest that has a, a lot of glitz and glamor and whatever, 
but you they don't even give warm-up equipment for the guys or you know like behind the stage you're you're like wait a minute this is what you have and so you know stuff like that but you know from a um you know relating to the public there's so much other stuff there and i i personally am very excited about it because i think that we're only going to see more and more great things happening and i'm just uh trying to play my role uh so to speak in that and and you know with what you're doing uh i have to commend you as well man because it's it's really cool to you know you're bringing on some of the guys that that didn't get to have the social media they never got to get the attention and, and um, it's neat to see you know some of those i've been able to check out a couple of your conversations with, you. with the, you know the guys that kind of paved the way and so it's interesting to see their perspective where they were at you know what they were doing at their point in that in that you know era if you will of strongman and it's neat to give them a voice and you know i think that even having conversations with maybe some of those guys at some point in time well these, um, these are these are the guys like you say that have paved the way for us originally and, and hopefully what we can do will help improve things for the future generation as well well I'm, uh, there's there's no doubt like there's no doubt that it will um because you know there's there's some guys that just have that kind of that love and passion for the sport and, and, you know, and making it grow, making it better. And, you know, when you have guys that, that have that, it, there, there really is no choice but to improve and to get better and to make it grow. And, and that's, I think we're starting to see that. Um, and I just hope that we can keep it rolling, man. It, it's going to be exciting. And I'm excited, uh, you know, obviously to, to see what I've got left in the tank, but also like to see where the sport can go, um, you know, in, in the coming years, for sure. I think it's going to be an exciting few years. It's 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 looking good. Oh, it really I, is. I mean, it's like you said, the the you know the talent pool is deep. It really is deep, and it's going to be exciting to see what uh, what what plays out because it really will be interesting. Yeah, it will. Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it, buddy. Um, I, I wish you the best of luck with everything for the rest of this year. You got um you got a busy year, I guess. You've got so much going on. Three different businesses now. Yeah, three businesses. Um, you know, they're 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 all growing and, and doing great. And obviously, I appreciate the love and support from everybody um, in those things. And uh, you know, I'm trying to do my best uh, to manage those and uh, and manage everything else. And you know, then we got the the contest. Uh, you know, coming up later this year, and um, I'm excited about that. So it's 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 busy, but it's also very good. Brilliant. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed the chat with the four-time World's Strongest Man winner, three-time Arnold winner, one of the best of all time, Mr. Brian Shaw. Appreciate it, brother. While you're here, guys, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of my awesome strength content.